welcome Hoosier fans to another victorious episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host, Kathy Amos, and I'm here with my co-host, Jeff Marlowe. Tonight, we are discussing our Indiana women's win, 83-72, on the road over number 21, Illinois. This now takes the women's record to 17-1 overall and 7-1 and in the conference. So huge congratulations and a great win from our number six Hoosiers. But let's start this show how we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And I'm actually going to go, Jeff, to the end of the game when that, that banner or the horn sounded and the official, you know, W was in the books. And I'm not going there because necessarily it's a great win, but it is when we'll talk about it. And we're going to spend the next, you know, 40, 45 minutes talking through it. But the reason I'm picking this as our banner moment is it officially moves Coach Terry Mooring into the all-time winningest coach for the program in program history. So that's a huge accomplishment for any coach to be able to do that. And I'm just super proud that we've been able to come along for the ride, um, whether we're new or uh, longtime followers of the program. And just a huge congratulations to Coach Morin and really to to showing how far this program has really come. This program has been ranked for about 69 weeks, I think, in a row now. And this is all because of Coach Morin's leadership and the, the players coming along for the ride and being willing to be coached by her and the fact that she is able to do this and bring out so many good plays out of so many players, I think is a great reason to provide that as our tonight's banner moment. Our banner moment tonight, as always, is sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their product lines for schools and their existing products. In fact, they just came out yesterday with a whole new line of Indiana um, new shirts, T-shirts, and some sweatpants, including a new Indiana women's basketball shirt. So if you haven't gotten your shirt shirts yet, um, and especially the one supporting our women's program, hurry and get out there because I believe they're only available until this Friday. So go out to homefieldapparel.com. And if for some reason it's still your first time purchasing from Homefield, you can use HOME, H-O-M-E, our promo code, to get 15% off of your order. Again, that website is homefieldapparel.com. We're one for the team. All right, now it is time for Coach's Corner. So, Coach Marlowe, what do you have? What's your first quick take on the game tonight? Uh, I got three things I really want to talk about, and and, and I'll go in order for, for kind of the first thing. I want to piggyback off of you. Congratulations to Coach Terry Morin on becoming the all-time winningest coach in IU women's basketball history. Well-deserved. She's really put the – She's put the work in, and this and this 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 program now has an identity, something that had been lacking before she had gotten there. There really was even when they had some success, there really was no identity. This team, if you didn't get a chance, those of you who are on Twitter, go and watch or happen to have the Big Ten Network, and you can go back and maybe find some of the replay. Uh, Dave Revson interviewed her earlier today. Uh, and there were some really good clips on there that she made that she talked about. And one of those was that defense is what they sell on. Defense is what their foundation is. And, and along with that, she also talked about Grace Berger, among uh, a couple other things as well. So go watch that. Also on shout out to Yarden Garzon. She was named by the Coaches Association as the National Freshman Player of the Week for last week. 
So congratulations to Yarden. But then also, I really want to just get into the game now. I mean, a, an Illinois team that was playing well, had played well in Columbus, lost by six. This was a team we struggled with and, and because they made a struggle with them back in December in, in Champaign, or excuse me, in Bloomington. And then we took on the road tonight to a number 21 team. And after we got behind 19 to 10, that basically becomes a 30-point swing. We win by 11 or excuse me, 20 point swing. We win by 11. We're down nine. So it basically becomes a 20 point swing. And why, in my opinion, two things, defense finally locked in after that first quarter. And secondly, and I'm, and I know we're going to talk about individuals, but again, I think just the calming influence that Grace Berger brought, especially when they got behind Grace made a couple of plays offensively. Now she had some turnovers. I'm sure she's going to be upset with herself about, but overall, I thought, the, again, that presence, the difference in this game to me, getting away in the first half like the game up in East Lansing did it a little bit, was Grace Berger being on the floor. And then she just brings a calmness, and everybody else can feed off that. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we'll definitely talk about Grace throughout the show here tonight, um, as well as some other players. We had some great individual player uh, uh, performances turned in tonight, but I think in general our team just had a great team performance, and that's really what um, – <laughs> um, we're coming to expect from our Indiana Hoosiers. So with that, Jeff, maybe it's time we'll jump over and we'll go right into as expected. So I just uh, kind of talked about one thing that I think kind of one is expected was the team play from, from the team. But what about you? What is something that was pretty much expected and um, that you saw tonight? Well, and again, I, I think it's expected. You And I'm not trying to get into the, too much of the stats, but I am going to go right here to the first thing that jumps to my face is they shot 56% on the road, on the road, into a pretty hostile environment. The State Farm Center has, be, has even when, for the women now where they're Illinois, is, a, is kind of a happening place. The, the orange crush is out. And they went on the road and shot 56%. And, and when you think about that, that's incredibly tough. And to me, it really speaks to the mental toughness, the mental fortitude that Coach Berger has, A, looked for the kids when she recruits, and B, that they build into the program overall. And again, we talked a little bit about this after the Wisconsin game. I didn't feel like anybody out there was not contributing. You don't look out there and say, oh, man, why are they out there? Why, you know, what are they doing? Well, whether it's Lily Meister for a few minutes here and there, whether it's Lexi Vargas for a few minutes here and there. And again, didn't maybe play as many people tonight, but also just didn't feel like that. I just feel like those kids are contributing and that's what we need. Kathy, what do you think when it's expected? Yeah, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I think um, you've already touched on it. The, the calming factor of Grace Berger was just amazing. I think, you know, she ended up with 37 minutes. I, I don't know if you saw this. I felt like she might have tweaked her knee there for a, a second. She came up kind of limping and I, I got really nervous and really watched her, but she ended up playing 37 minutes. And in that 37 minutes and with the, um, all the whistles that were being blown in this game, there was, it was pretty aggressive. She had only two fouls as well. Um, I, I thought, you know, she just turned into a, a fantastic performance. And, you know, I think we've definitely been missing that from her. 
Um, other thing that I thought went as expected, and it kind of goes to the first thing I talked about, which was team play, but really just responsiveness to the coach and some adjustments she made. So Coach Morin called a timeout in that first quarter. You know, Illinois had gone on a, a run there. I think they were up by nine points at that point in the game. Um, yeah, 10 to 19, they took the lead. Illinois had a 7-0 run in like two minutes, and Coach Morin called that timeout. And after that, we we really, you know, came out. We our defense started to buckle down, especially going into the second quarter. But I thought after that timeout, you started seeing it a little bit. We seemed calmer on offense and just the responsiveness to the coaching. And I think you saw that going into the third quarter uh, as well, right? Like that third quarter, I thought was just absolutely fantastic for us. We ended up scoring 30 points in that third quarter um, and outscoring Illinois by by 10 and really expanded our lead up to um, 67 to 51 at that point. And again, I thought that was coming out of that halftime and responding to the coach. So I think it's an as expected on two fronts. One, really great coaching from the coaching staff and two, responsiveness from the team to whatever coaching that they're getting. Well, and I want to kind of go along with that, but also just, I thought, and I put it in here as expect, we've come to expect Terry Morn and her staff to make subtle adjustments or even sometimes big adjustments. And I thought they did a nice job tonight. Max struggled at a few points in the game, especially early. She missed some point blank shots. And then she had a couple in that fourth quarter that kind of allowed Illinois to get, get back into the game there a little bit where we could have maybe extended it out. But I thought I what I liked, what I saw was there were a couple different times they put different players down the post. They put Grace down the post and tried to let yeah. her post up and either get a shot for herself or create. And then, of course, you have the big play, uh, in my opinion, what was really yeah. the big play with Chloe Moore McNeil getting a post up and a bucket and drawing the fifth foul on Bryant and then hitting the, th- the free throw for the three-point play. I, I, I just like that when you can take – it doesn't always have to be Mac. It doesn't always have to be your post player find a matchup that you like down there. And I thought that was a great adjustment. Yeah. I think that's a, a good point to talk about with Chloe as well, that with that um, sequence of events that, that, that whole, um, the <clears throat> two points with the three point um, conversion that put her into double, double digits. She was our fourth double digit scorer. And, you know, it was kind of a, a quiet 12 points. Right. And, you know, Chloe just did again, her Chloe, Chloe things, right? She was three for five shooting, very solid. You know, she she didn't really have any fouls and she ended up with six assists again. So um, again, I think this is kind of the play now we're starting to expect from, from Chloe Moore McNeil. Um, what other expectations were met for you tonight, Jeff? Uh, I, I just, I'll talk about turnovers. Uh, yeah. When we went to East Lansing, it was a turnover fest. And tonight against, again, Illinois is not a team that turns you over a ton, but we only had 10 turnovers. So even when we weren't playing well, it wasn't because we were turning it over per se. We just weren't making, there was a, there was a couple stretches there where we didn't make very many shots and that's when Illinois made the runs. Yeah. Illinois forces on average this year, they've forced around 15 turnovers. So um, definitely kept our turnovers under their average. Um, I didn't have much else to talk about in expectations. Do you want to transition over to surprises? Sure. All right. You got one first you want to go out with? Um, I, I just, to me, and she ended up with some decent numbers, but I really felt like the, the, for the biggest chunk of the game, we held Kendall Bostick really in check. She, she got in foul trouble, which helped us, but she, that was a kid that really worried me. Indiana kid who I'm sure was thinking, here's a chance for me to look good in front of the home state school and, and, and with a team that is playing with a lot of confidence in Illinois. 
And so I was really worried about her possibly having a big game tonight, even though she only came in averaging 10 and 10. But for through about two and a half, two and three quarter quarters, she was at like two points and four rebounds. Now, she ended up playing well down the stretch and, and mm -hmm. got Mack in a little foul trouble. But that the, the ability to keep, I believe, I thought keeping Kendall Bostic uh, under control for the biggest chunk of the game was a big key for me tonight. And that was a, and that was a pleasant surprise. What about you? Yeah, that was really great. Um, uh, <laughs> um, so I think with that, I, I was a little surprised at how our defense kind of seemed surprised by Illinois <laughs> going with the theme of surprises. So that first especially that first half, I think, in the first quarter, it just seemed like Illinois was kind of getting what they wanted around around the rim. They were really driving on us, and we seemed to be really having trouble stopping the ball penetration to for them to get that ball inside. Again, we made some great adjustments. I was just surprised at it um, being that we have played Illinois before, and this is kind of how they beat us the first time, right, with um, Makira Cook going on, um, you know, was she go off for like something 30 or something in the first game. But on the, the plus side of that, yes, it surprised me that it was a little um, maybe porous at the beginning, but they made the right corrections. And Cook in particular only ended up with 14, which also surprised me. I mean, she's averaging, you know, she's the team lead for them, averaging over 18 points per game, and we held her to 14. So clearly our defense – turned it around after that kind of a bit of a slow start defensively at least for us. Well, and, and with that, it's, it's just another example. The one thing that continually gives us some issues are athletic guards and cook and Bryant, especially fit that mold. Now, like you said, we finally got them under control after the first quarter. Um, cook goes five for 18 and from an over five from beyond the arc. So you're going to take yeah. that every night from, from her. I, I mean, she, she took 18 shots to get 14 points. The other pleasant, the other kind of surprise here for me was McKenzie. And I, I'm not trying, I don't want to talk too much about Max. I'm sure we're going to talk about her a little bit later, but she had six steals. I mean, yeah. I mean, she had very active hands. She was, you know, she was, and she wasn't super aggressive defensively, like she was out overplaying or anything, but she just seemed to be tonight. She was in the right place, right time, was able to get her hands on some passes, create a couple tie ups, but six steals to lead the way for us tonight. Yeah. Um, one surprise I had, and it's nothing with the officiating. We all know and love our officials all over um, the Big Ten and men's, women's, college basketball, wherever. I was surprised at how many fouls were called in this game because, yes, I thought it was a very aggressive game and very physical, but I didn't think it was any more physical than some of the other games we've seen earlier in this year. And, we, you know, we've ended up with – two players with four fouls and uh, they had two players with four fouls and Genesis Bryant falling out. So, you know, I was just a little surprised that now all of a sudden um, we see officials starting to feel like they were tightening up the game. But um, <laughs> so again, not trying to say anything about the officials one or another, it just again, surprised me because it's not what we typically see from big 10 women basketball where they, they really are calling fouls are hardly calling fouls well, tonight. It was left and right. But when you look at it, though, it, you, you, when you think about it from our perspective, going on the road and we ended up with 17 fouls, and now Illinois fouled a little, couple times there at the end, but they had 18. So I'll walk – you tell me I'm yeah. walking out of there with less fouls than Illinois on the road in the Big Ten. I'll be like, take that any day. Um, but I thought we had – you know, Ari was with us in in our chat and, 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 and our text group, and I think Ari may be joining us here in the Workaholics here. And great, great number of people in the Workaholics tonight. Welcome to all of you that are here consistently and – and some of our new people as well. Hope you come back and join us again in the future. But um, 
uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the, the, the fouls. I, I didn't yeah. think the fouls were totally out of whack. There are no. a couple of them maybe that you might have questioned about the, the legitimacy of the call. I thought the first foul that Grace Berger got was a flop on the offensive foul. Um, I thought one of the fouls they called on Kendall Bostick for a moving screen was pretty weak. But yeah. overall, I didn't have too much to complain no. about the fouls um, from that standpoint. And, and no, I'm just surprised they actually called them. Yeah, well, <laughs> well yeah, that, you know. But, was, I, but I, was getting ready, yeah. I was getting ready to say about Ari. I lost my friend of thought when I started seeing the people in the workaholics. What yeah. I was going to say about Ari was that Ari Texas, because we weren't at the game, but Ari Texas said at one point there in the first quarter, I believe, Mm-hmm. Coach Morin yelled at him. That's Horizon League level of officiating. Yes, and she seemed to get a couple calls after that. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting way to try and get <laughs> yes. the officials' attention. So, but that yeah. I really don't have any other surprises, Kathy. What about you? No, I don't. I don't either. So um, why don't we go ahead then? And we started touching a little bit on stats, but we haven't talked a whole lot. So why don't you give us your first maybe team stats that is really something that jumped out to you? Uh, basically, even on the glass. Uh, yeah. 30, they out rebounded us by one, but coming in, Illinois was out rebounding their opposition overall for the season, non-conference and conference combined. They were out rebounding just under, or, or, or just under 11 a game. So we held, so we're only minus one on the glass. To me, that's a huge stat. Yeah, that was one we were definitely talking about um, Sunday when we did our, our show yep. there and kind of highlighted this game was was the um, the rebounding. The other thing we wanted to watch for was the turnovers, which you've already touched on, that we ended up with only 10, which was fantastic. Um, and really, if you look at the team stats side by side between us and Illinois, they're, they're fairly even in every category except for the field goal percentage. So, again, we're averaging right around 50 percent shooting as, on a team as a team this year. And you already touched on this, but I just want to reiterate because it's, I think, very important to say we shot 56% on the road tonight. So not only did we shoot it really well, we shot it better than average and we did it on the road. And I think that was a huge part of why we won this game tonight. Now I'm going to go to one other stat. I'm going to show the old Bob Knight in me. Um, we shot or we were 18 of 24 at the free throw line. Yeah. as the team not maybe a great the best percentage 67 or excuse me 75 percent but the old night philosophy make more free throws than the opponent shoots <laughs> and they shot they only shot 15 we made 18 so to me that so like you said you look side by side uh we barely for all the stuff that mac did and the, and the post us we talked about we only won the points in the paint by six the real difference yeah. ended up being basically better shooting percentage and getting to the line wall yeah one interesting number um, for both teams tonight, Jeff, was that both teams combined had two points off their bench. Our two was from Lily Meister was the only two from the bench for either team. Right. And and I guess that's kind of surprising to me. I thought, you know, we might see a little bit more from either team, to be honest. You know, um, Illinois is still, you know, rebuilding after last year and their whole team is basically new from last year. But I thought there would be more scoring from the bench really on, on, on both sides. So I was a little surprised at that, but what are your thoughts on the bench play um, specifically for us in, in general? Well, the two points we got from Lily was, again, I talked about, it didn't hurt us. You know, she's making yeah. productive plays, but we really only played six players. I mean, yeah. Sarah Scalia got 16 minutes, which was a little low for her in this game, but, but Illinois really only played six tonight. So they're really, you could tell that both coaches thought this was an important game and was going to be a tough game. Cause I think they went into the mindset, almost treating it like a tournament type game where you got to keep winning here because we're going to talk a little bit later in the show. It, it doesn't get any easier for the Hoosiers after tonight. But so I'm sure Terry Moore thought, hey, we, if we got a gauntlet starting to come up here. We got to win tonight. 
and they played like it, you know, and, and they're going to get some time off. They don't play again until Monday and stuff. But I thought that's that's an important point you brought up about the bench on both teams that neither one really was as far as scoring was productive. Yeah, absolutely. So um, maybe maybe Jeff, you, you mentioned Sarah, maybe talk a little bit about her and what your thoughts are on with her. She ended up tonight with um, no points. She only took two field goals for us, both of them three pointers that she missed. She did have four rebounds and three assists, but she ended up only playing 16 minutes, which is I, I don't know for sure. I'm going off of my gut feel here. I feel like 16 minutes is probably the low for her this year mm -hmm. in terms of how many minutes she's played. But any thoughts on, on Sarah's play tonight? Yeah, it just was, you know, she right now you see a lack of confidence. And it, and but I thought at least tonight she she didn't force shot the two shots she shot, I didn't feel were forced. She had um mm -hmm. she she was contributing like you said she 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 added four rebounds, she had three assists. So I think it also just got into those where we've seen this with coach Morin before. Once she kind of identifies the group she you know, she she thinks is going to be able to go that night. She's going to ride them, and and you really at the toward the end of the game, you about the last and through the fourth quarter or so, you really only saw Lily Meister. She came in for a minute or so. McKenzie got a rest. A couple minutes, few minutes later, she came in for another minute or two. But other than that, I don't really remember a whole lot of subs in the fourth quarter. So if Sarah gets kind of her normal rotation in the fourth quarter. She's probably up around twenty-one or twenty-two minutes. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's continue on moving and talking about some of the other individuals. So another player we haven't talked a whole lot about was Sydney Parrish. So um, Sydney ended up tonight eight points on three of seven shooting, two of five from three-point land. So she made two of our five three-pointers that we we had as a team. Um, she ended up with four fouls, four rebounds, and, and one assist. Um, I didn't think necessarily um, this was – a bad game. I wouldn't say that from Sydney. It wasn't as productive a game as what we have come to see of her. I mean, she was second in the team in scoring. I think she was averaging around 12 or 13 points. So she was definitely below what we've come to expect from her. But, you know, she didn't force anything. And I think sometimes that's just as important as being that ever always productive player. Right. Because if you start forcing things, that's when turnovers are going to happen or bad shots and things of that nature. I didn't feel like we got any of that from Sydney, even though she wasn't having this, you know, performance that maybe everyone is thinking is going to happen game in, game out. So I'm not upset at all with Sydney's play, you know, even though she was only in single single digits scoring. But what are your thoughts on on Sydney? Um, I thought Sydney at times looked like she was just floating in terms of just she, she was moving, but she was just kind of, yeah. with you know, kind of out there and, and that was really kind of when I really felt like that was kind of early in the game when they, when Illinois was playing well and we were kind of struggling a little bit but I thought overall from the second quarter on Sydney didn't force anything and right. I think she felt like they understood she to a certain degree either the adjustment they made or the game plan coming in took hold the second quarter because that's when we really started to pound it inside especially to Mac we got some turnovers we were able to get some some uh, some run outs and get some things in a, in a little bit where we got in, uh, Illinois cross transitioned in defense so but i thought sydney played well from the second quarter on just really kind of accepting the fact we didn't need her to knock down a bunch of threes now we just needed to make sure we took care of the ball well enough to get max set up in the post yeah, absolutely agree. That not Sydney's best game, but it wasn't a bad game, right? Uh, yeah. Quang said that in the chat, and I think that's perfectly said, Quang. So I'm going to quote you on that. And I'm going to go here and see what you thought. Yard and Garzon, I thought yeah. for the most part, kind of the same way. Didn't yeah. really assert herself, but she hit two huge threes in the third quarter that really stretched out the lead. And she ended up with 13 points, three of six beyond the arc, four of nine overall, three rebounds. 
an assist and a block, but you know, I just didn't feel like Yarden, you know, was like, um, again, they were all being productive, but it was just like there were times I felt like Yarden was focusing on just making sure they under they ran the game plan, and right. that was either, that was going to be take what they gave you or dump it inside to Mac or whoever we were trying to post up on that possession. Yeah, I, I felt the exact same way about Yarden. I don't have actually much else to say about her. Um, any other individual or team stats that you would like to, to comment on? No, I don't have anything else on the stats. No, me neither. Cool. All right. We will... Awesome. All right, Jeff. Well, thanks for that music from Bob Thompson there. Appreciate that. And um, with that, we are going to move into our game ball um, awards. So I think Jeff will be putting up a ticker on the bottom of the screen. If you're watching on YouTube now or in the replay, but if you're not, you're only listening our game balls right now. We have tens for McKenzie Holmes, three each for Sydney Parrish and Yard Garzon and Grace has gotten one as well. So Jeff, um, for tonight in the Illinois game, who would you like to vote for, for your game ball? I'll tell you about midway through the third quarter, I was leaning one way. Yep. And then I'm going to, but then I changed and I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go with Mackenzie Holmes here. Uh, it's hard to go against the kid who scores 30. She, she had 10 rebounds. So another double, double officially, she had two assists, two blocks and six steals in 35 minutes of action. So uh, I, I, I came around because I was kind of back and forth, back and forth. I had one other rest thing and I'm going with her because it's really been her night, but it's hard to go against the kid who goes for 30 and 12. Yeah, I, I uh, we probably are going to have some of the same comments here then <laughs> in these next couple of segments, but 100% agree. It's really hard to not say Mackenzie was our dominant force out there, right? 30 points um, for her. You know, we ended up again, 46 points in the paint. And, and you could just tell the team was really um, uber focused on getting her that ball. And, you know, it, it was especially in that stretch where Illinois was making that run in the fourth quarter. And she had some really timely plays for us that I thought were really good. You know, she had again, we were going back to her and she was ended up to score. I think she had a block in, in that stretch as well. Um, I just thought McKenzie played pretty well. The only if you're going to. Um, look for something to pick on is uh, the four fouls. But again, I thought the the refs were calling a lot of fouls tonight. So she was definitely, you know, had some good company in that, that category. And, you know, she had uh, two assists as well, which was really great. So, you know, she's sharing the ball and she's scoring as well. So um, just overall, it was just a really nice game for McKenzie and showing why, you know, she's got to be in the conversation at this point, hopefully for big 10 player of the year, if not more. So really hats off to McKenzie. And the thing that I guess I'll nitpick on, she was 12 for 20. And it wasn't yeah. like she was shooting jump shots. Efficient. So yeah. if she's if she hits four, three or four more shots, she's going to end up around 35, 36 points. And she would have really looked efficient. I mean, so I guess the only thing I'm going to nitpick on her is I felt like she left a few points there because she just did, she wasn't finishing early. And she had that stretch there right at the beginning of the fourth quarter yeah. where she missed a couple, three right at the right at the rim. So take those, you know, five, six shots out of there, say their makes. Heck, she would have shot about 17 for 20, maybe end up with 40. So, but, you know, again, I, that's nitpicking. You, you're, 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 when you're getting to that point, it's a fun problem to have. Yes. <laughs> when you're trying to nitpick on your player of the game, your game ball for who had 30 and 12. 
Yeah. And, you know, again, we've talked about it before. I, um, you know, I'll be, I, if you've ever met me in person, I'm not the tallest person. When I played a little bit of basketball in high school, I definitely was not a down low perimeter player or down low player on the block. I love watching her footwork. Like I just think her footwork has improved so much, even just from the beginning of these, this year to now. Um, I just really in, enjoy watching her play. So Cool. Well, let's move on then to our Hoosier Hustle Award. So our Hoosier Hustle Award, we have had a lot of people get the Hoosier Hustle Award. So I'll quickly run through it. Chloe has gotten it four and a half times, Sydney three and a half. Um, Lily, uh, Lexus Vargas or Grace and Lily Meister all have two. Um, Alyssa um, Garzon and Caitlin Peterson each have one. So Jeff, what do you have on your little sheet there for hustle award <laughs> well I, this is where i'm going to kind of go to the person and it may and it, sometimes the hustle award may not always be quite what we what it says on hustle i'm because i think they're all hustling so it's not like there's one person like oh my god their hustle really stood out because they're all hustling but this was the person i was going with about two two and a half quarters two and three quarters of the game and that's uh that's grace Berger. grace yeah. Berger with 18 points tonight very efficient seven of ten uh, from the field. She had six rebounds. Uh, she had uh, three assists. She had two steals. Her biggest, her biggest thing we're going to pick on her, she had six turnovers. So, but I thought Grace, that's who I had in kind of that running for the game ball when they was still at the point where her and Mac were pretty close in scoring and, and rebounds. And then Mac really took off in the th late third quarter, fourth quarter. But I, I, I thought this tonight was really the first game where Grace looked, that we saw what Grace Berger brings to this team since the injury. And what we felt like we were missing when she was out with the injury. And, and that was the kid who could take over. I think Joel pointed this out earlier in the workaholics here in the chat that once they took that timeout that you referenced earlier, that coach Morton took when they were down 19 to 10, they put the ball in Grace's hands. She made a play. She started getting the ball to people. And you, you just see that. I mean, it's like, you can see her. It's like, give me the ball. The game slows down for her. And, and she just is able to see. And, and a couple of the turnovers I thought they gave to her may not – I'm not sure I would have if I'd been statting mm -hmm. it, but that's who they gave them to in the official stat sheet. So, yeah. But, but overall, I thought Grace Berger for the Hustle Award for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'll make it unanimous. So it's pretty easy. And uh, I see here in our workaholics chat, we have a lot of people already um, uh, as well voting for Grace. So I think that she was really – um, and I think I tweeted this out when we really went on and we, um, that, you know, run where it seemed like we just needed something to kind of push us over the hump. I thought it was Grace that was initiating it. And those are the type of things that may don't really show up in the stat score, right? Like, yep. you know, you, I thought again, sometimes you watch it and you get this, as you know, Jared likes to say on assembly call, you get this visceral feel. I viscerally felt that Grace had a ton of assists and she ended up with only three in the stat book. So maybe she had a lot more hockey assists or something because yeah. I just, I felt she was really facilitating and yes, um, definitely, uh, you know, we see it here from Joel and Richie talking about how the game is just very slow for her and you can see that, right? She doesn't rush into it. She, she takes what the defense gives her. You can see a lot of that hesitation moves and that just comes from all that experience. And, you know, it, and it shows why coach Morin has said that she's one of the best players she's ever coached. I, I just, you know, she is great to, to play or to watch play. So I, I make it unanimous for, for grace. And, and, and you want that. I mean, you, you like for your best player. And I know you could have a debate about who's the best player on this team, because you look at the stats and stuff that McKenzie Holmes is putting up, 
but at least in this case, your primary ball handler, you that that's to me that's ideal. Not every not every ball handler has it. They don't have that ability to really slow the game down. The ones who do are the ones who really have the potential, and I think Grace Berger meets this to be great players because. They see the game. You hear great players talk about this. They the game just kind of looks like it's in slow motion for them. Everybody else, you'll be playing like they'll. You talk to average players, they're like, the game's going, you know, fast. And for kid, and for especially say young freshmen at the college level or a kid that's getting to the varsity level for the first time in high school, that game's going 100 miles an hour, and it's hard for them to slow it down at the beginning. You see Grace Berger, and that's why I was surprised a little bit about some of the turnovers tonight. Because that's not normal for Grace. She's going to pick pick up a couple turnovers maybe just because she is the primary ball handler. There's going to be a a pass that goes a little bit awry. You thought somebody was cutting one way. They did. Those things happen. But so, like I said earlier, I thought they gave her a couple turnovers that really weren't hers. But, again, that being able to play the game in your head at a much slower pace where the game really just kind of slows down and allows you to be able to be like – Right here. And I, I thought that tonight showed up on the court for Grace. You know, we saw that on the court yeah. with Grace Berger. I agree 100%. Grace was just nice to watch. In fact, I was at one point before McKenzie just went on that tear in the third quarter. I actually had Grace written down for my game ball as yeah. well. So. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I, you know, funny just to, to touch on her a little bit. I think what you're talking about is the game being slower for some of our more senior players. Uh, we we saw with Lexi, I thought, Vargas or tonight, it felt like the game was a little fast for her tonight. Yes. So, um, you know, that's not surprising. Again, she's a freshman. She ended up only playing four minutes. In that four minutes, she had a foul. So, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the best thing we've seen from Lexi. But, you know, she got a lot of run early on in the season. I still think that's going to pay off. And I, I feel like she's going to have games where it's going to settle in for her this year yet. And we'll get more than four minutes out of her. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah. All right, cool. Anything else you want to touch on on this game specifically? No, I'm good. Let's move on then to lingering questions. So, Jeff, what kind of lingering question do you have on your brain? I I really don't have a lot coming out of tonight. Just the lingering question is, can we take this on the road a second time and go up to Michigan, go to Ann Arbor on Monday and get a win? Or Because right now, and we're going to talk a little bit about Michigan here in a little bit, but Michigan becomes really a huge game because you then get the matchup with Ohio State a week from tomorrow in Bloomington, and more than likely Ohio State's coming in there undefeated. So any chance you really have to be at the top of the race, it really come into February, you got to be, you got to win at Michigan, and you got to, you know, you got to beat Ohio State at home because right now Ohio State just doesn't look like they're going to lose very many in the league. Yeah, I agree. So, so can uh, they travel? Can they travel again yeah. like they did today? Yep. It's nice that they're going to have a fairly long layover, longish um, going into this game. So I don't have any lingering questions either. Um, so let's just go ahead and preview then our next opponent. So as Jeff mentioned, our next opponent is Michigan. They are currently ranked number 17. Um, that game will be on Monday, January 23rd, played in Ann Arbor. Um, tip time is 8 Eastern or 7 Central. And um, for all of those wondering, it is on regular Big Ten Network this time. So um, I saw a lot of people on Twitter complaining about how you have a top 25 matchup not on television um, and only on Big Ten Plus. Um, well, this one will not be on Big Ten Plus. So um, I'll go over quick some of the histories and I'll um, turn over to you, Jeff, to kind of go through some more of the stats specific to Michigan. So 
In terms of history, IU is actually leads the series 46 to 29, um, and they are tied on the road 21 and 21 in Ann Arbor. Um, in terms of last matchup, more recency, IU lost their last matchup 50 to 65 in Ann Arbor, and that was in January of last year. And that wasn't that close. No. That was an ugly game where yes. we did not play very well, and Michigan really romped that game. So that score was really not in indicative as no. bad as it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was even worse than uh, the score. I remember that too. They just weren't in it from the beginning. Nope. So hopefully we'll have a much better experience. So um, let me, in terms of a team, Michigan is 15 and three overall um, five and two in the conference. Their most recent game was last Saturday when they beat Michigan state in Ann Arbor, 70, 55. Um, and then tomorrow they will play Rutgers. So Michigan has a game at Rutgers in between now and when we play them, but Jeff, what else do you want to talk about with Michigan? Well, first of all, this is a little bit of a surprise team. Uh, they lost one of the best players in the Big Ten, an All-American, and Nas Hillman to graduation. Excuse me. And so a lot of people thought Michigan was going to fall back to the middle of the pack. In fact, I think when we did our preview, we all kind of thought Michigan may be a fifth-place team. Yeah. And right now, they're, they're I think, um, they're, they're a game behind IU, a game and a half now because they, they, of us winning tonight. But – uh, it, assuming they'll win at Rutgers tomorrow night. Rutgers at the bottom of the league, and, and so assume there'll be a game behind us. So, again, a game where we're playing a top-flight team uh, uh, on the road, and I imagine will be another and maybe even more hostile environment than they saw in Champaign tonight. Um, so they're averaging 76.7 points per game. They're only giving up 60.6. So they're outscoring their t opponents by about 16 points a game. They out-rebound their opponents by a 7.2 margin. And, and that's always a big thing for me in the women's game because a lot of times where that margin shows up is on the offensive glass and, and second-chance points. Like you'll even notice like tonight, Illinois won the second-chance points against us. We, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that was one of those that we, we, we didn't really talk about. Um, they're shooting 48% from the field overall, 35% from three. Their opponents are being held to 39.5% field goal and 31.4% from beyond the arc. They're forcing almost 20 turnovers a game, and but they're committing 17 turnovers a game. So not a huge discrepancy there. And, and I haven't seen Michigan a ton this year. And, Kathy, maybe you've seen them a little bit more than I have. But they at least in the past, they weren't really a pressure, get up in your face, make you go 84-feet team. But they're going to be very active in the half court, and that's what I would expect tonight uh, or, or on Monday night anyway. Uh, they have three players averaging double figures, led by Emily Kaiser with 17.2 points per game, eighth in the big. 10. She also leads the team with seven rebounds. And then Layla Felia and Leah Brown are also averaging right at 16. So those three combined are averaging about 49 points a game for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, in terms of coaching, um, Kim's Bar Kim Barnes is their head coach. She's in their 11th her 11th season, um, she's led that program to nine 21 seasons and five NCAA tournaments in her 11 years. So, um, and she has a winning percentage of 66.7. So um, definitely not anything to, to take lightly again. I mean, they are ranked 17, so they've had some really nice wins um, as well. So yeah, Jeff, I haven't had a chance to watch them and I will unfortunately um, be missing this game. Well, I don't know how unfortunate it is. I'll be in Hawaii, so I'm sure no one feels sorry for me. <laughs> so um, unless you know we're someplace where I can catch the game on my on my phone, I will be missing it. So you're going to be uh, on the beach trying to watch the game. Come on. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's been known to happen. I'll, I'm not going to lie about it. When the women played um, last year, they played Kentucky. We were down in Mexico, and I made the sports bar at the resort we were at put the game on. So I, I have done it. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you never know. Um, but Jeff is planning on having a post game show right now, um, immediately following the yep. game. So so don't uh, don't feel um, bad for me at all. I know no one does. Um, Jeff will still be around to to cover the game for you. But I don't have anything really to add on on Michigan. Okay. Um, so we'll just go ahead then and talk about programming notes. I kind of started already. So just a reminder on the men's side, Assembly Call will be having their normal post-game show tomorrow after the men play also um, in Champaign against Illinois. So keep an eye out for that um, as well. And if you don't already, um, be sure to catch or subscribe to Crimson Cast. They are also part of our back home network. Um, and you've seen Amanda Foster on here with myself and Jeff from time to time. She does a women's podcast over on Crimson Cast as well as the men's side with Scott and Galen. Um, and again, uh, Jeff will be is planning to have a post game show. We will be. We'll be on one way or the other. We'll be on Monday night after yes, the game. Even if Jeff has to talk all by himself with the workaholics, he will be here um, to discuss that hopeful yet another victorious road win um, with Indiana going up to Michigan. All right. Well, I think with that, Jeff, it is last call. So what would you like to leave everybody with tonight? Uh, I, kudos to the team. Kudos to Coach Moore for becoming the all-time winners coach at IU for women's basketball. But just kudos to this team to go on the road against, the, 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 like I said earlier, the surprise team in the Big Ten into a hostile environment and get out of there with an 11-point win. And 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 now, though, you're, you you got to forget about that. It's nice to get that win and get that – it'll help in the net because Illinois is going to – obviously that's a, a, a very good uh, quad one win. But now you got to go on the road. And as far as the league's concerned, nobody cares now that you wanted Illinois. It's only about what you're going to do up in Michigan. As we said earlier, Ohio State right now undefeated in the league, undefeated overall, but they're undefeated in the league. And everybody else has at least one loss. Iowa and us both have one loss. Iowa got out of Michigan State in overtime tonight, kind of, you know, barely. But again, good teams find a way to win tough games. And so we've got to find a way to go up there. And I think it's going to be all about the defense. I really do. You got to find a way. You cannot let. Uh, um, Kaiser and Philia and Brown go off for, you know, if you can hold them to their average of about 49 or below that, you're going to give yourself a chance to win. If those three somehow go off for 55, 60, 65 points among the three of them, it's probably going to be a long night. So I think defense is what I'm going to be really watching early in that game. Are we locked in? Can we handle, contain, contain the ball? And then can we rebound on the defensive line? Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I would think that's the same thing I have for my keys to the game. Um, and I'm going to throw in turnovers, too. Even though, you know, in terms of margin, the turnover margin isn't big for Michigan, they still do force a number of turnovers. And so, you know, we've been seeing – we've seen the team kind of get bit by that turnover bug from time to time. So I just want to make sure we're more like tonight. We're really – paying attention. I felt like we were very focused on keeping, keeping the ball. So those are kind of my three, three keys that I, that I had as well. Um, so just in terms of my last call, I just want to say again, congratulations to the team again. Thanks to everyone here joining us live. It's one of our, our bigger numbers. So I think that shows how big of a game this was for the program, right? It was a big game for the program in the micro sense in terms of the season. You know, it keeps us tied up there in second place in the Big Ten. We've got another great road win great confidence building, but in the macro sense too, because of coach Moore and breaking that, that overall win record. So congratulations to everyone. Um, and for those of you who are, are maybe not watching live and, but would like to see us do the live show and be part of that live chat, that chat that we have going on, 
make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find that at youtube.com slash assembly call. Um, you can also go to assemblycall.com and join our private community there where we have great discussions on all things um, Indiana related. So um, including Indiana women's basketball. A huge thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design for designing our, our new logo that we got this year. And thank you to Bob Thompson for our new music that you have heard throughout the broadcast. And most of all, thank you to everyone, again, listening live right now with us tonight in YouTube. And for those who don't listen live and follow us later, we appreciate every single one of you. Um, we wouldn't be here without you. So thank you for listening. We will be back to talk IU hoops again with you soon. But until then, keep your elbow in your eyes on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. That was uh, quite the the rambunctious uh, chat going on tonight, so you got to love that. Yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of stuff going on in there. So appreciate everyone being here with us tonight. Yeah, thanks everybody for being here and, and appreciate all of you who are here tonight. And and tell friends. Tell if you enjoyed the show and watching it live, tell your friends and have them join us Monday night after the Michigan game, hopefully for a win. <laughs> right. Yeah, that would be awesome. So all right. Well, thanks everyone. I think we're all yeah. gonna get out of here. It's yeah. a late night for me and Jeff. It's past our bedtime, so <laughs> Lots of lots of appreciation to everyone again. So good night and take care. Night, everybody.